One of the best known names in the field of Bible prophecy is Tim LaHaye. He is the author of many best selling books about Bible prophecy. He is perhaps best known for his remarkable series of left behind books consisting of a total of 16 volumes about the end times that have sold more than 80 million copies. I had the opportunity to talk with him about Bible prophecy shortly before his death in 2016. Stay tuned for that interview. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. This week I have a very special treat for you. It is an interview I conducted with Dr. Tim LaHaye in 2015, shortly before his death in 2016. When I first started studying Bible prophecy intensely in the late 1960s, I prayed for the Lord to lead me to a good book about Bible prophecy. That prayer was answered when I ran across a book by Tim LaHaye that was titled, Revelation Illustrated and Made Plain. And folks, this book more than lived up to its title. It provided me with a down-to-earth, simple-to-understand explanation of the book of Revelation. Dr. LaHaye became my Bible prophecy mentor, and it was from him that I learned the importance of interpreting Bible prophecy for its plain sense meaning instead of spiritualizing it to mean something else. Over the years, we became personal friends, and we ministered together several times at conferences around the nation. I still remember how nervous I was the first time I delivered a Bible prophecy sermon with him sitting in the audience. I interviewed Dr. LaHaye several times over the years, and today I want to share with you the last interview I did with him in 2015. The interview was conducted at a hotel in Dallas during the annual meeting of the Pre-Trib Research Group. And here now is that interview. Tim, uh, in, from the viewpoint of Bible prophecy, what is the greatest burden on your heart today? I would say, and let me add a proviso to that. I, in addition to my love for the Bible and love for Jesus Christ and souls and men, I have a passion for America. I've always, you know, I was 17 years old and I volunteered for the Air Force in World War II because I just loved America. Um, but I look back on it and I see that in the church that has always taught, at least in my background, that they believed in the fundamentals and they believed in, in obeying the scripture and that you had to take the Bible literally. And when you apply prophecy to literal interpretation, it makes sense. If you don't use it literally, it doesn't make any other sense. And to me, the signs of the times are evident that we're in the last days. In fact, I call them the last days of the last days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and here's what Jesus said. Now, in Matthew 24, as you know, and you, I'm so proud of the way you teach this faithfully, that in Matthew 24, Jesus gave the greatest prophecy in all the Bible, in my opinion. And he said after the, the, uh, the Olivet Discourse, he said, now learn a parable of the fig tree when its branches, uh, when the branches already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near. Assuredly, I say to you, 
This generation will by no means pass away until all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And he has said, the sign that we need to look for is when Israel is gathered back into the land. And our mutual friend, Dr. David Hawking, who's a Jew, or he's heart partially Jew. He's the biggest Jew I've ever met. He's <laughs> six foot four, <laughs> looks like a middle linebacker on a football right. team. Well, his mother was a Jew, and he loves Israel, and he's gone there many times. And David is convinced that there are 170 nations that have had Jews gather up and make the trek to Israel. 170 in a little nation that has seven, less than 7 million Jews. And so you begin to realize that the promises where God said he would would bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. My passion as a, a, an American is that it, America will never turn its back on Israel. And we have an administration, as you know, today that would like, they're, they're trying to find any excuse to throw Israel right. under the bus. Right. And, and if it were not for Israel, pardon me, if it were not for, for America, humanly speaking, Israel would not exist. But America has had the privilege of being the nation that God has used. And God's promise to Abraham in, in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And when it seems you see to me, the, uh, Tim, that the two great things that God has done through America, through this nation, is number one, to use our ingenuity and amen. resources to spread the gospel all over the world. And number two, to be the ones to give birth to the nation of Israel and, and protect Israel. And, and I, I think he's greatly blessed us for that. But I see us turning against God now. I do too. That's why Dr. Ed Heinsohn, a friend of yours and mine, yes. part of the Pre-Trib Research Center, Dr. Ed and I have written a book that will be out in about a, a half a year uh, called Target Israel. And we have, we're showing a map of the 21 nations around Israel that hate Israel and are trying to drive them into the sea. And the United Nations finally was badgered by the Holy Spirit and Harry Truman to sign Israel up as a, in a nation in, in uh, uh, the spring of, of uh, 1848. 1848. And anyway, the important thing about that is that Israel is the sign of the fig tree. And one of the chapters I wrote in the book uh, has to do with three minor prophets that quoted Israel as the sign of the fig tree, or the fig tree is the sign of Israel. So we're on right ground. And Jesus said, when you see that happening, well, David has seen it to 170 nations expelling Jews or being Jews being enticed to the land. And it's not a perfect nation. No nation is. Yeah. But there the sign is crystal clear and the world is closing in, coming around and coming around, setting the stage for Ezekiel 38 and 39. Well, it's amazing that never before in the history of mankind has there been people scattered to the far ends of the earth and regathered back as they have been. And, and even a person who doesn't know prophecy or doesn't believe in, in the Bible would have to stop and say, this is something spectacular. This is something 
supernatural. That's a very good point, and it proves the fact that, that prophecy is a supernaturally revealed message from God, and the Lord used himself and his fulfilled prophecy as an evidence of he is the one and only God. In Isaiah chapter 46 through verses 6 through 11, he said, I am the Lord, declaring the end from the beginning. Well, who could record the beginning? Nobody was there. Only God could reveal the beginning. And who can record about the, the end but God? And when you see fulfilled prophecy, and well, that's one of the reasons I like uh, Dallas Seminary right here in Dallas, is the fact that they have emphasized teachings like Dr. Walford, who helped us in starting the Retrieve Research Center. And Dr. Walvoord has gone through every prophecy in the Bible and has found that there are almost 1,200 prophecies in the Bible, half of which have already been fulfilled. That's why we know that Jesus is the one and the only Son of God. He's, all of the prophecies about him have been fulfilled. And I know the skeptic listening might say, well, what about the other half? Those are the prophecies of the end times, and we're rapidly closing in. And he that understands prophecy sees the, the times of the signs coming along as the world is getting set and the antagonism of even some Christians toward Israel is appalling to me because if America turns her back on Israel, God will take his hand off of blessing off Absolutely. America. We deserve to be judged. We're no holy nation. You are the, porno capital of the world and the mm. sin capital of the world. And unfortunately, the leadership of this country are so secular, they don't have any confidence that there is a God. If they'd only understand prophecy, they would understand. You cannot describe any other source to have been the author of prophecy and have it fulfilled. Well, you began by talking about one of the burdens on your heart was America. And, I, and you've come back to that, and I want to develop that for just a moment. You and your wife have spent your lives speaking out in behalf of America and trying to keep us on a straight moral path, and, and your wife has done a great job in that, in that field. Uh, you, you've done everything you can to, to keep us on a straight moral path. As you see America literally falling apart before your eyes today in increasing immorality, violence, defiance of God, it must break your heart to see your nation dying on your watch. Yes, and it's unnecessary because we Christians are, make up the largest minority in America. There are more, uh, this country is full of minorities. It's made up of minorities. And if we Christians would get informed and register and get out to vote and get our church people out to vote, and, and personally, David, I'm, I'm convinced that the next election, presidential election, will be the most important election in my lifetime and yours, probably in the last hundred years. And we need, we need some people that will catch the vision and recognize the church, the spiritual leaders have a, a responsibility to lead their church to become active, not in politics necessarily, but in voting. We're citizens and we're entitled to vote. And every Christian should get out and vote and become concerned in what should be the basis, not de Democrat or Republican. It's whether the person stands for the principles of the Bible. 
Well, you know, I think the problem that, one of the problems that exists is that people are so focused on just one thing, financial issues. Yeah. How much money am I making? How much money am I going to make? Uh, is the economy going to be stable or not? And they don't understand that when you rebel against God and you give in to immorality, that one of the ways that God deals with that is by putting a curse upon your economy. That's right. And so the economy is never going to be good until we get right with God. Exactly. I couldn't say it half that bad. Half that good. It, it's just <laughs> a wonderful testimony that God is faithful. And when we obey God, He blesses us. Yes. And when Christians turn their back on Israel, as some people in, in our conference here uh, are turning, spiritual leaders that should know better, they understand that God has a future for America. The church does not replace Israel. Yeah, that's right. We have to understand that God has a place for the church and he has a place for Israel. And you say, well, what happens when a Jew becomes a Christian? Well, he becomes part of the church. So that when the rapture comes, he's going to take him out. That's right. Another burden on my heart today is the silence in the pulpits about Bible prophecy, about the soon coming of Jesus. It's as if you know so what many happened, pastors David? don't care. In my estimation, I've started a school system uh, for young people in a, a Christian college, and I know a little bit about education. And we've gone through a time in America when seminaries, for some weird reason or other, have adopted the idea we've got to get a credit. Well, to get accredited, you have to have a Ph.D. degree. And so you go to a secular school, and then you hire these people to be professors in a seminary to train young preachers. Or the best training for a preacher is pastoring a church. Amen. You know, I was a pastor for, six, for 37 years of my ministry, and I, I thank God for the lessons I've learned. And then you're qualified by experience and learning, and what we need to do is is uh, fire some of the faculty members we've got and send them out wherever they want to go and find seminary professors that love the Word of God, Amen. love the Christ of the Word, and teach with a passion and be faithful to preach the Word in season, out of season. Well, you've really put your finger on a major problem because uh, I heard Howard Hendricks one time give a speech and at the end he opened up questions and a lady said, my son's getting ready to go to seminary. Where should I send him? Where should I not send him? He said, I don't want to get into that in the public. I'll talk to you privately later. But I will tell you this, you need to be very, very careful because he said the average seminary in America today has an impact upon the student that could be described as putting a live egg under a dead hen. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's, well, that's very And it's so true. I, I was teaching in a seminary up in Seattle, and I had a young uh, Lutheran pastor uh, who had just gotten out of seminary, got his first church, and he was in there. And I'm teaching Bible prophecy. He comes up to me at the end of the first day, and he says, I've never heard any of this, any of this in, in, in seminary. I, I, I'm just, I just don't know what to do with it. I said, well, just relax. We're going to study the Word. He came back the next morning. He said, I called my bishop last night. I said, what do we believe about Bible prophecy? And he said he didn't know, the bishop. He said, I'll call another person. He said he called another person and another person, and they finally called back and said, we're not sure what we believe, but we don't believe what he's teaching, so you better be careful. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you just relax? He said, well, I don't want to get in trouble with my superiors. I said, you know what? If Martin Luther, the founder of your church, had had that attitude, the Lutheran church would never exist. Good answer. <laughs> But it's just so sad yeah. that they're, they're, 
There's such ignorance of Bible prophecy, and most preachers today I have found feel that Bible prophecy is pie in the sky of no relevance to the here and now. Oh boy, I found it as a pastor for so many years, the greatest motivating force in the congregation. It gives people a concern to, to share their faith with other people and get them saved. Yes, I, I've often said to pastors, if you'll ever convince people of two things, you'll change your congregation. The two things, number one, convince them Jesus really is coming back. Because I think the average Christian believes that here, but not there. He's really coming back. And number two, that can happen any moment. Amen. You convince them of that, you know what they'll do? They'll be motivated to holiness and to evangelism. And exactly. what more practical thing could there be than that? I agree 100%. Well, we have appreciated so much the years that you have spent in dedicated service to the Lord in, in preaching uh, God's prophetic word and also in uh, emphasizing the importance of the rapture of the church. You know, Tim, when I first got, I grew up in an amillennial church and I didn't, I'd never even heard of the rapture. I, uh, 35 years old, you asked me what the rapture was, I'd say it was a sensation you feel when your girlfriend kisses you. I didn't know anything <laughs> about it. But when I started studying, and you have to, you'll, you'll admit this, Bible prophecy is not the easiest thing in the world to study. Oh, yeah. I mean, you really have to study. And when I started studying it, I prayed, Lord, I'm going to focus on your word, but I need some help. And I want you to lead me to a book that will help me. And he led me to a book called Revelation Illustrated Made Plain. And that was the very first book I ever read on Bible prophecy. And you were the Is author. Is that right? That's right. And I loved it. And it began to open up everything for me and to help me to understand that the Bible, Bible just means what it says. Henry Morris wrote, an, wrote a commentary on the book of Revelation. And in the beginning he said, the book of people, I'm writing this because the book, people tell me the book of Revelation is hard to understand. He says, it's not hard to understand. It's hard to believe. If you will believe it, you will understand it. And that's so true, Tim. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, one time I looked through, uh, through, through commentaries and I found that 85% of the commentaries I picked up said that the 144,000 Jews in Revelation chapter 7 is the church. What would God have to do to convince that's us there are 144,000 Jews? That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses used to say until they got more than 144,000 <laughs> members. And they said, well, I guess it, so they, they'd open it up. I, I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate you, how much I appreciate the great teaching you've done over the years, how you've never wavered in teaching that the Word of God means what it says from beginning to end. Amen. And uh, that's one of the problems we have in the church. If you start spiritualizing the creation story, you end up spiritualizing the end of the Bible as well. And it all is, well, W.A. Criswell know, said, those are, those are leopard theologians. Yeah. They claim that only spots of the Bible are inspired and they know where those spots are. Well, you've got enough bruises on your body from the <laughs> liberals. I mean, the thing I've admired about you, because I, I read that chapter in our book about uh, how you were insulted and commanded oh. not to teach the Salvationism. Yeah. I'd never heard that expression before because in my circles, everybody taught it. But things have changed. And yet, yet this denomination claimed to believe the Word of God. When the Word speaks, we teach. You know. Let me just mention one other burden on my heart, and that is that I speak at Bible prophecy conferences all across America. And Tim, sometimes those conferences have 800, 1,500 people there. I can count on one hand the number of people below the age of 60. What's wrong, Tim? What's wrong? Because I guess it's just 
ignoring it in the churches and they don't know anything about it, so therefore they're not interested in going to a prophecy conference because I know if they came, they would be interested. Amen. Amen. And if they're right about creation yeah. and right about the pre-trib rapture, they'll be right about most of the doctrine. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Well, we need to pray for our nation as we've never prayed for it before. It is so true. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. I hope you were blessed by that interview with Dr. LaHaye. He was a great man of God with a very humble spirit. It's sort of mind-boggling, you know, to think that over 80 million copies of his Left Behind series of books have been sold worldwide. And that fact prompts me to share with you for a few minutes about the great publishing classics in the field of Bible prophecy. The first Bible prophecy book that ever became a national bestseller was this one by William Blackstone called Jesus is Coming. The book was published the first time in 1878 and over the next 50 years it sold multiple millions of copies worldwide and was translated into 48 languages. It is still in print today and we offer it through our ministry. Blackstone was a meticulous student of the Bible and does not present a single idea in this book that is not backed up by voluminous biblical citations. The book introduced many Americans for the first time to the premillennial view of Bible prophecy and the pre-tribulation concept of the rapture. But its most remarkable feature was the author's declaration that God would one day restore the Jewish people to their homeland. In a chapter titled, Israel is to be restored. He declared that surely nothing is more plainly stated in the Scripture as the promise of God to restore the Jews to their homeland in the end times, right before the return of the Messiah. Now, I want you to keep in mind that he made this declaration at a time when the Jews were still scattered worldwide and there seemed to be no hope whatsoever that they would ever be regathered to Israel or Palestine as it was called at that time. It was also 18 years before Theodore Herzl published his famous book, The Jewish State, in 1896, in which he called for Jews worldwide to return to their homeland. But Blackstone believed God's prophetic word, and he showed clearly in his book that the Bible prophesied that in the end times the Jewish people will be restored to their homeland. The next Bible prophecy book, to become a sensational bestseller was one that was produced by a pastor of a church in Dallas, Texas in 1909. His name was Cyrus Schofield and the book was called The Schofield Study Bible. It consisted of the King James Version of the Bible with prophecy related study notes by Schofield that were scattered throughout the book. Like Blackstone's book, The Schofield Study Bible is still in print. It has sold 2 million copies and sold that many by the end of World War II. And it continues to be a bestseller to this day. And like Blackstone, Schofield interpreted prophecy for its plain sense meaning even when he did not understand it. For example, when commenting on Ezekiel 38 and 39 in his description of the end time war of Gog and Magog, Schofield said it was describing a Russian invasion of Israel although he could not explain it. Since Russia was a Christian Orthodox nation at the time, and Israel did not even exist, nor did it seem possible that Israel ever would exist again. Basically, his attitude was, the Bible says it, and therefore I believe it, whether I understand it or not. I love that attitude. Another classic Bible prophecy book was published in 1918, just nine years after Schofield's study Bible. It was called Dispensational Truth by Clarence Larkin, and it contained a series of remarkable and fascinating charts 
which presented the premillennial, pre-tribulational view of the end times, just like the books by Blackstone and Schofield. And just like those books, it has remained in print to this day and continues to be a bestseller. The next book to become a phenomenal bestseller was one by Hal Lindsey called The Late Great Planet Earth. Time Magazine has verified that this book was the best-selling book in America with the exception of the Bible for 10 consecutive years from 1970 to 1980. And like all the others, it remains in print to this day. What set this book apart, once again, was its plain sense interpretation of Bible prophecy. And like all the others I have mentioned, it presented a premillennial, pre-tribulational point of view. In that regard, when you consider the fact that all the best-selling Bible prophecy books in history have been premillennial and pre-tribulational, you get the distinct feeling that God has anointed the distribution of these books for a reason. And I think that reason is because these books contain the proper interpretation of what the Bible says about the end times. Namely, that before the tribulation begins, Jesus is going to appear in the heavens for His church and take them out of this world. Then, at the end of the tribulation, Jesus is going to return to earth with His church to reign over all the world from Jerusalem for 1,000 years, during which time the earth will be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice. Before we bring our program to a close, there is one other Bible prophecy publishing classic that I feel I should mention. It's a book called Things to Come by Dwight Pentecost. It is different from the other books I have mentioned because it is a scholarly book aimed at seminary students and not the general public. If you are interested in in-depth study of Bible prophecy, I highly recommend it to you. I myself have written many books about Bible prophecy that are designed for the general public. And the one that has been blessed the most by the Lord is this one called Wrath and Glory. The subtitle is Unveiling the Majestic Book of Revelation. Well, we have produced many, many printings of it, and it has been translated into more than a dozen languages. The book takes you through the book of Revelation chapter by chapter, explaining the meaning in down-to-earth, easy-to-understand language. You can find a complete listing of all our books and videos at our website at lamblion.com. And when you go to our website, check out this particular book called Jesus is Coming Again. This book is designed for preschool and elementary school children. It's printed in full color from beginning to end, and it focuses on the positive promises of God concerning the end times. Well, folks, that's it for this week. I hope the program has been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. If you would like to learn more about the book of Revelation, please consider Dr. Reagan's comprehensive survey entitled Wrath and Glory. In this easy to read book, Dr. Reagan takes you through the book of Revelation one chapter at a time and clearly explains the meaning of each chapter, relying on a literal plain sense interpretation. The book also contains Dr. Reagan's responses to the most commonly asked questions about Revelation and concludes with lessons drawn from the book of Revelation that we can apply to our lives as we try to live for Christ in the end times. You can secure a copy of this book for a gift of $20 or more more, and that includes the cost of shipping. Revelation Revealed is a 75-minute DVD presentation of a fascinating and informative survey of the book of Revelation. Dr. Reagan's masterful teaching and the art of Pat Marvenko-Smith brings this video to life. 
Revelation Revealed is available for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. When you place your order today, you may obtain both of these helpful resources for a gift of $30 or more, including shipping. Ask for offer number 703. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or place your order on our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.